Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash crimes, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash crimes to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash crimes. Good morning, and thanks for joining me for Rise and Crime, your morning caffeine hit all about crime. Okay, let's jump right in to an update to a disappearance that is 16 years in the making. In May of this year, sweet baby Madeline McCann would have marked her 20th birthday. And over the last 16 years of searching and trusting tips and believing in accusations from not so reputable people, all of that has still exhaustively led Madeline's parents, Jerry and Kate, no closer to finding their baby girl. But as Kate has said, she will search forever. And that takes us to this update to the case that happened just last week. Here's a refresher for those who aren't so familiar with the disappearance. On the night of May 3rd, 2007, Jerry and Kate put Madeline and her younger twin siblings to bed before leaving their rented vacation apartment in Portugal. They were headed to dine about, it was about 100 yards away in the resort's on-site tapas restaurant. Now, the McCanns were five days into the holiday, and they had eaten with friends on the previous night, similar to the way they were eating tonight. They're enjoying their lively conversation and their meal while taking turns returning to the rented apartment to check on the sleeping kids. 
Okay, at around 10 that night, Kate took her turn checking on the children. And when she cracked open the door to the room the kids were sleeping in, it kind of slammed shut due to a crosswind. And Kate was instantly alarmed because there shouldn't have been a crosswind. She didn't have the children's window open. Quickly, she opened the door again and was horrified to see that Madeline was not in her bed and that the shutters to the children's bedroom room were open. Now, police were alerted, and despite searching for several days, there was no sign of Madeline. And with the case becoming so high profile over the next few weeks, questions were raised about how the police had conducted the initial investigation, especially about how no forensic evidence was gathered from the vacation rental. In fact, multiple guests were allowed to just walk through the bedroom, the vacation rental, all around the outside before police even arrived. Now, over the next year, various suspects were named, including Jerry and Kate. But eventually, Portugal's attorney general, he ended the probe into Madeline's disappearance. And over the next five years, Jerry and Kate worked to keep Madeline's case in the spotlight, writing a book, doing interviews, releasing computer-generated age progression photos that were supplied by private detectives. But then, in 2013, Portuguese authorities reopened the case and began interviewing potential suspects. It took until 2020 for the most movement to occur in the case when German authorities announced they were investigating 43-year-old Christian Bruckner. Now, Bruckner was already in prison for raping an elderly woman in Portugal, and he did live in the area of the vacation rental back in 2007 when Madeline disappeared. Police were so confident in Bruckner's involvement that German prosecutors said they had findings that showed Bruckner had murdered Madeline, but that the evidence was not strong enough to bring the case to court. Now, over the next three years, multiple searches of wells, reservoirs, and lakes have been conducted, specifically a reservoir that investigators found pictures of on Bruckner's computer. And that brings us to last week, where an associate of Bruckner gave an interview to Build Magazine about his connection to Bruckner and his discouragement with the Metropolitan Police. During the interview, Helg B. Okay, that's the name he gave the publication, so I'm just going to call him Helg, and again, I'm American. If there's supposed to be some other pronunciation for this, I'm super sorry. But that's the name he gave, Helg B. So, he said he called Scotland Yard clear back in 2008. That was just one year after the disappearance. And he said he knew someone who said they had knowledge of Madeline's disappearance. Now, According to Helg, they took his personal details and phone number, but no one ever returned his phone call. Helg says he contacted the authorities again 10 years later when there was a renewed focus on the case, and that's when they finally acted upon his information. So what's that information that he says he has? Okay, here it goes. Helg says in 2007, he and criminal associates had gone to Bruckner's flat to steal some diesel. And I probably need to give you like a good heads up right near right now about Helg. He's he does have a criminal past. Obviously, he's going to this guy's house to steal diesel. Okay. So he and those guys show up at the house to steal diesel, but they do more than that. They looked around for other items to take as well. 
and they stumbled across a video camera, some films, and a pistol, which they just took with them. Okay, later on, as he's watching the films that he has stolen, he had kind of determined they were just tourist-type videos until he came across a video of a masked man raping an older woman. And towards the end of that film, Helg said the man sat down on the bed and removed his mask, revealing the rapist to be Bruckner. Helg also said there were other videos that showed Bruckner molesting a young teen girl as she was tied to a pillar. Helg lost possession of the videos when he left them in a van, and he doesn't really know what happened to them. Okay, he goes on and he tries to steer clear of Bruckner, because uh, he just doesn't want to meet up with this guy again. He's, he's nervous about him, thinks he's a bad dude. But their paths cross again in 2008 in Spain at a music festival. So the two of them get together, they have a couple of beers, and when their conversation drifted into a discussion about Madeline's disappearance, uh, Helg becomes very concerned. And this is in his words. So according to Helg, he said, I don't understand how the little one could have disappeared without even a trace. And then Bruckner responded with, she didn't even scream. Helg says the tone of the conversation changed immediately and they stopped talking about Madeline. And Helg says he sensed that Bruckner was uncomfortable and that Bruckner got out of there. He left the area in the early morning hours. So here's how Helg described what he thinks happened that night. These are his words. My theory is that he planned a break-in, then found the children in the apartment, and then took Maddie with him. That was probably not at all planned. But with everything I know about him, I would certainly think he's capable of such a crime. I believe he kidnapped her. Whether he actually killed her in the end, I don't know. All right. Now, Helg also says his life has been ruined by his association with Bruckner. In fact, it was Helg's testimony about the rape of the elderly woman on the video that helped land Bruckner in prison. Now, Portuguese authorities continue to evaluate the evidence that was gathered in that reservoir search from a few weeks ago. They also confirm that Bruckner is their lead suspect in the case, but they aren't commenting further at this time. Now, I can only imagine the years of pain and emptiness the McCanns have felt. And hopefully, in the near future, I can bring an update that includes some level of peace for Kate and Jerry. All right, now let's head to Alabama, where a missing persons case has finally had a few answers revealed. In the later months of 2021, 38-year-old Mary Elizabeth Isbell, who goes by Beth, had fallen on some pretty difficult times. Life was just not good at this point, mostly because of decisions that she was making, but things weren't happening for her. She had been living with her boyfriend, James Allen Wright, in DeKalb County, Alabama. And reports say Beth and James got into a bit of trouble. So in September of that year, James was arrested on theft charges that are associated with the apartment that the two were staying in. And that's about it. There's not a whole lot of details about what they stole or what kind of trouble it was other than it was thievery. Okay, according to WAAY31, 
James was released into the custody of a rehab facility in Florida in November of 2021. So that's just a couple of months later. They arrest him, then they put him in rehab in Florida. All right, this incarceration and the eventual move to the rehab facility left Beth basically moving from place to place, staying wherever she could find a couch to sleep on. And here's where it gets really muddy. Various sources differ on when Beth was last seen. Okay, some sources cite that Beth was reported to have been seen by her mother in late November, as well as having been spotted in Hartzell, Alabama, near her son's school. Now, she wasn't reported missing until December 27th, when her ex-husband called Hartzell police saying Beth hadn't called their teenage son on Christmas. Now, Beth's ex-husband was questioned, but released by investigators. And then, in early January, police searched a place where Beth had been staying, as well as her dark-colored Jeep. They did collect evidence, and they say that there were signs of a struggle, but there was no sign of Beth. And that's where the trail fell cold. Until last week, when a criminal complaint filed by the DeKalb County Sheriff's Office claims Beth was violently shoved to her death off of a cliff in late October of 2021 by a mother and a daughter. 43-year-old Loretta Carr and her 21-year-old daughter, Jessie Kelly, have been charged with kidnapping and murder in the death of Beth. Now, investigators say they received a tip about Beth's disappearance, and they interviewed two people based on that tip. Now, investigators aren't really saying which of the two women cooperated with investigators because we're assuming it's the mother-daughter duo, but wherever the information came from, investigators were pointed in the direction of Beth's remains in the Little River Canyon National Preserve. Two days later, on what would have been Beth's 39th birthday, the remains were confirmed to be that of Beth. Now, a DeKalb County investigator said at a news conference that the mother-daughter duo knew Beth through another person and that they had been suspects in the disappearance from the very beginning. Detectives said they believed Beth's body was somewhere in the area of the 15,000-plus acre preserve, but they didn't know where until they received that tip. And investigators are also saying they believe the brutal murder occurred somewhere between the evening of October 18th and the early morning hours of October 19th. Okay, so do you remember that muddy part? Beth's own mother claims she had contact with Beth in late November, but investigators are saying her death happened on either the 18th or the 19th of October. So even though there are some answers, questions still remain in this case. Now, earlier this week, Loretta, okay, she's the mother part of the accused murder team. Well, her attorney is saying that the state doesn't have enough evidence to hold his client in jail or to even send the case to the grand jury. And Jessie, she's the daughter part of the accused murder team. Well, she's already in custody of officials in Pennsylvania for unrelated charges associated with a case out of Missouri. Okay, so she was awaiting extradition to Missouri but she will now be extradited to Alabama. And the sheriff's office released in a statement the following. We would like to thank the Pennsylvania State Police Corey Barracks, Huntsville Search Dog Unit, State of Alabama Aviation Unit, 
Jackson County Sheriff's Office, Fisher Rescue Squad, and all of the volunteers who helped during this investigation for all of their hard work and dedication. Each individual played an important role in bringing Beth home and holding those responsible for this horrific crime accountable. We would ask that you pray for Beth's family and give them privacy as they navigate through this difficult time. Now, this is obviously very early on in the justice portion of Beth's murder. I'll keep you updated on the murder charges and any more details that are released. All right, finally, let's turn to a guilty plea out of New Jersey that involves a murder for hire scheme and sexually explicit messages between a teen and an adult male. Now, during the summer of 2015, 31-year-old John Moosebach from Galloway, New Jersey, struck up an online relationship with a 13-year-old boy living in New York. And the relationship included sexually explicit videos shared with the minor. After a few months, the boy's parents discovered the online relationship and they alerted police. Following an investigation, Moosebach was arrested and charged in March of 2016. Okay, it seems neat and tidy, right? Screwed up, got charged, here we are. But here's where it goes bad. While awaiting trial, Moosebach was feeling the heat of the potential punishment and he contacted a murder-for-hire site on the deep web. See, he was concerned because the teen had agreed to testify against him in the pending trial. And his initial contact with trying to recruit a hitman to kill the now 14-year-old included questions like, can a hitman kill someone as young as 14? Once the administrator of the site confirmed that the teen could be killed and that his age wasn't an issue, Moosebach sent 40 Bitcoin to the murder for hire site. Okay, 40 Bitcoin at that time would be the equivalent of about $20,000. Now, after supplying the initial payment, Moosebach messaged the administrator repeatedly asking when the murder would occur. The administrator eventually asked for another 5000 to secure the hit. Moosebach, maybe finally feeling spooked by the arrangement, tried to cancel the hit and asked for a refund. So this totally made me think, how does a refund policy work on a murder-for-hire website? Like, is there a, like a 30-day window? Do you have to have the Bitcoin receipt? Is customer service called? I don't know what happens. Then the tables turned. And the administrator told Moosebach the site was a scam and that he was going to tell authorities unless Moosebach provided another $10,000. Eventually, in 2019, an informant hacked the murder for hire site and told authorities of the exchanges between the site administrator and Moosebach. This led to a search of Moosebach's home where investigators seized a hard drive where they found searches for things like Do gun shows take credit cards? And death by chloroform? And how to buy chloroform? And other topics searched included various poisons and then the phrase, kill all Jews. Gosh, this guy is one heck of a catch. So Moosebach, he had two pending criminal cases, right? So what happened? Well, he eventually avoided trial in the offenses against the 13-year-old boy by pleading guilty to charges of child pornography. Now, a superior judge in that federal case gave him a two-year suspended sentence with parole supervision for life. Now, don't even get me started on the lack of severe punishment for child pornography cases. 
All right, so what about the murder for hire scheme? Well, Moosebach pleaded guilty to using the internet with the intent that a murder be committed. His attorney, Rocco Ciprione, said his client, quote, decided to put this matter behind him and accept his responsibility without trial. Now, U.S. District Judge Joseph Rodriguez last week sentenced Moosebach to 78 months in federal prison for trying to have the child killed. He was also fined $30,000. The six-and-a-half-year sentence is just a portion of the possible maximum of 10 years that Moosebach could have received. His defense attorney said the judge did appropriately weigh the evidence that was presented by Moosebach's attorneys, showing that Moosebach had long existing development deficits documented since early childhood and that the reduced sentence was understandable. Okay, so what about the boy? Well, I have long been frustrated with the criminal justice system and how children seem to be the victims that receive the least amount of justice, especially those children harmed by sexual crimes. So we can only hope that his family has rallied around him and that he has received the care needed to recover from the crimes perpetrated against him. Well, that's your Monday edition of Rise in Crime. Thanks for joining me for these crime news updates. Check in with me on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And hey, leave me a comment or a case suggestion. I'd love to hear from you guys. Join me again on Thursday for more morning crime news. I'm Mama Jules, and keep safe out there.